So, if you're listening, sure you won't be caught up on when we last saw our boys. They, um, they say goodbye to their friends Beatrice and Ophelia and walk through the desert that knows them as well as they know it. And they finished up their deal with head sheriff Donna of somewhere. To the surprise of some of us, Henry handed over that line without too much complaint. Now they're getting ready to head off to Enosh to help out the victims of a guardian missing in action. Another act from Henry that surprises Maggie, though he cuts his kind of short with her. They, uh, they still don't quite get along. Kean also pays a visit to Maggie, though he arrives disguised as one Isabella von Clapton. Apparently, it's someone she was acquainted with already. Now, after sending a poetic message to Lachlan, Kean stares out the window to the stars above and hears nothing in return. So, Kean, tell us, if you will. You going off to sleep? He'll check in through Marigold Vision, just kind of see where she is, and then he'll go to sleep. She's still flying. It looks like she hasn't quite gotten to where you expect, you know, the area generally where Lachlan is. She's still in the desert. Next morning, I believe you all plan to take off, but is there anything that you need to take care of, wrap up in somewhere before you go? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I would like to pick up a couple of spell components while we're in town. On that list is a pearl worth a hundred gold. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> so I'll just took that one away. That felt very pointed. Corey. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. It's actually pretty round. Um, okay. <laughs> oh, also, I forgot to mention, I never actually paid you guys for Aishon. We just talked about you being paid for Aishon. So I think your payment would be 150 split between the four of you. I also want to go shopping. Clothes? Yes. I would like to replace some other clothes that are probably a little bit beyond mending. And buy a new fit. He's looking for things with a specific shape. He wants something that can be varied enough to use disguise self and kind of still like fit with a lot of different images that he places. A yellow shirt and a green quite similar to the color of his tunic that he wears now. Dress that is kind of low cut, lacy, uh, flowy sleeves. And right now he'll wear it like all the way buttoned, but also so he can wear it as a coat over some pants and a shirt. And he's also going to wear the hat that Lachlan wore. Probably shopping at places that resell stuff. These are thrift finds? I would think so. Then maybe yeah. less than that. Put it in one gold. Okay. I think Ox looks around and he probably picks up another spare shirt. He looks around at boots, but he's got expensive taste. Virgil would also tag along, but he would split off and go to the cloak section and just look for something warm, like surprisingly dense and heavy, probably in a gray. Ox, you know, he shops around for a little while. Kian, he, he watches you as you're shopping and, and trying on these beautiful clothes. And you notice Ox's ears turn a little red and He's pretty quiet. He's He goes over to Virgil. <laughs> okay. I've never been up north, really. How cold is it up there? Hmm. Fairly. What, are you used to these climates? 
Yeah, I grew up in the desert sun, so... Well, imagine the desert at night. Real cold. What season is it? Spring has just officially started mm -hmm. while you were in the Feywilds. It should not be as bad as it could. It is warming. Yeah, I guess that's true. It is springtime. I think Ox will uh, peruse some of the cloaks and find something kind of medium weight. Henry, what are you doing during Okay, you want to shop Are you shopping? I mean, Henry tags along, but he does have his whole wardrobe at his disposal, so... I was going through making sure I don't need spell components. Oh yeah. god. <laughs> I do need a diamond. I don't have enough money for one, though. <laughs> when you have Revivify, but what does it matter? Yeah. <laughs> you don't have a diamond. I mean, are there are there any diamonds cool. lying around? <laughs> uh, roll investigation. Oh no, it's just a unnatural twenty. Hmm. You do not see any diamonds lying around. You think you see something? You go over to pick it up. It's shiny, and you imagine <laughs> energy. And is it just a rhinestone falling from? It's like a plastic. <laughs> it's like a. It's far too light in your hands to be a real diamond. Are there any diamonds in any of the stores that we're looking at? Are Sword. any of them out? <gasps> or are they all in cases? Like you would find at plenty of gem shops. There's glass cases where you can see their wares, but they're locked. You all remember when Donna told us not to get in trouble? No, Kian just looks longingly. I don't have enough to buy one. I did learn how to cast Revivify. Gonna need 300 gold. Well, I'm running a bit low on funds at the moment. I've got 90. I know that that's not a third. I don't have that kind of gold right now. Even if we combined all of my gold and yours, it still wouldn't be enough. And even if we did have enough gold, I wasn't planning on dying anytime soon, so... No one ever does, good luck. <laughs> exactly. All I'm saying is we don't want to bring about dying by, you know, assuming we're going to be dying. Does that make sense? It seems like something of a bad omen, if you ask me. It actually sounds like being prepared. If I only have 90 gold, that's what I've got right now, so... I have to find a place with a better deal. I can wait. We don't have anything worth bartering, do we? I don't think so. Not anything worth 300 gold. Diamondless. You guys finish up your shopping? We just resolve not to die. <laughs> and resolve not to die. Yeah. You just won't. So, you finish up your shopping for the morning. Henry <laughs> gets caught poaching pigeons. Henry <laughs> gets caught poaching pigeons. Marigold is no more. What time is our train? I don't think you specified. So we speak to Maggie about it. Perhaps one of you should speak to Maggie about it. Uh, Virgil, I think she likes you. What have you done? I didn't do anything. I just asked her for her assistance and she said yes. But you know our history. You're paraphrasing, but all right. Certainly, I will speak to Maggie. Excellent, thank you. Look, I already got her to agree to the trip, okay? I did the hard part. And you all make your way to Donna's office? 
she stands up as you all enter. She's dressed back in her you know, engineer's uniform, the overalls, dark shirt, hair tied back. Are you all ready to go? Yes, we have everything we require. Are you in need of more time? Um, no, I don't think so. Do you... Are you sure you're ready to go? She looks a bit nervous. Looks each of you in the eye. I mean, do you have weapons? Yes. He, like, holds his hand out at his side and his well, sword you, is... Yes, I know. Just... She gestures to the rest of you. I'm just making sure we're going somewhere dangerous. We're going through the oceans to the oceans. And it just sounds like it's rough up there. Yes, we are aware we will not be met with a warm welcome, but I think we are prepared. Do you need a weapon? No, I'm also prepared. All right then. You don't happen to have a diamond worth 300 gold, do you? Uh, no, not on me. Just, do you need one? Something we couldn't buy. Help in case anybody were to pass suddenly <laughs> on the train. No, it's a good idea. I can see what I can do, if you don't mind waiting a little bit longer. I think we can do that. Of course. Do you want to just... She looks around the room, fidgets a little. Uh, you could wait here, or you could wait at the station, maybe? Does it seem like she prefers that? It absolutely yeah. okay, seems yes. like she prefers that. We will wait for you there. Okay. She half bows and ducks out the door. She doesn't really look you in the eye, Henry, during this conversation. That's okay. Henry's also not trying <laughs> to look at her at all. Henry, Virgil doesn't look at you, but you can feel that in his heart, he is. Insane. <laughs> <laughs> and he doesn't say a word to you. He just turns and he leaves the office. Henry, that was a little more awkward than last time with Maggie, don't you think? We... I mean, you heard, you know, what Donna said to us about her and her suspectings. I'm sure they've had a conversation about it by now and, you know, it makes things very awkward. Um, you know. So let's go to the station. All right, let's go. All right. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> you hand over your papers, your like stamped, almost visas, as you enter the train station. It seems like the people who greet you at the door and take your papers have been told that you will be coming and taking a off-schedule train ride today. Still, they look over your papers, stamp them, let you through. You're led to the platform and you wait. You don't wait for too long there. It's about 30 minutes after you arrive that Maggie shows up. She has a, a large, like a camping bag on her back. Um, very packed full. She walks up to you. She's a little bit out of breath and reaches into her pocket and just pulls out a stone wrapped in the dark cloth. So who who needs this? Who can use this? I can do the magic. Hands it over to you. And if you don't 
end up needing to use that. Can I have it back? Of course. Okay, thank you. All right. Um, do you want to meet the crew or should we just go? This is... Sorry, this is just... I don't... Anyway, follow me. She just walks forward. Leads you down the, the platform. The train is significantly shorter than the one you took here. There is just the, the locomotive itself and then two cars and the caboose. And as as you walk, as you get a bit closer down the end of the, the platform, she turns around to explain. I know it's not as much space as maybe is best for what we're doing, but we figured smaller would be easier to defend and maybe we can make return trips if things go okay, but I hope that's all right. We can pack a good amount of people in here. That is what matters, so it will serve us. It's an emergency. It'll help. Yes, it's definitely not a luxury trip, so... Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, come inside, and she opens up the door to the, the car in the front. And you step inside, just waiting at one of the, the window tables in the train car. It's a nice train car, though it's not going to be a luxury ride. <laughs> There are five other people, the the crew that, that Maggie mentioned. They're all unfamiliar to you because you spent your train ride hidden away from most of them, except for one, and you actually see Zoe, Maggie's sort of apprentice on the train, is sitting at the, the edge of the table. They wave over at you all and look a bit surprised to see you specifically back on this train. Uh, besides that, there's um, be a, like a middle-aged half-elf woman. Um, she raises her hand. Name's Eden. I'll be uh, helping out if you have any mechanical issues. Head mechanic for the train. Uh, yeah, let me know if you need anything. I'm not going to be much help in a fight, but she shrugs. Do something. Person next to her nods. Uh, looks like a, a human short brown hair, also like about middle-aged. He's wearing like a tall chef's hat, silently gestures to it. Gives a nod again. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sitting next to him is a relatively young gnomish woman, dressed a little more finely than the rest, but um, she also has a like, large uh, scimitar strapped to her back. And she says, I'm a maintenance person, but um, I can also help you out in a fight if you need assistance, which it sounds like we might. So you can come to me. Uh, Delphinia is my name. Good to meet you. Good to meet you too. Next to her is uh, another human, looks to be about in his 30s. He gives you all a wave. Name's Orion. I'm also sort of general maintenance things, helping out Delphinia. Um, I can kind of fight. He looks to Maggie, who nods approvingly, and then back to you. I can fight pretty well, I think. So, yeah, I mean, my heart. <laughs> God, it's so easy. Um, uh, so I'll probably be trying to defend the train most of the time, but um, if you need me, yeah, I'll, I'll be, I'll be here. False quiet. Maggie tends to rest you, so that's everyone. You guys can stay in the other car if you want. Um, I guess we go. 
and um, well, I suppose I can't necessarily speak for all of us, but I imagine that you'll all feel the same way if there's anything you need us to do around the train. Um, we are more than... We will be fine. Oh, all right. That, yes. Just didn't want to be dead weight, you know? She shrugs. We don't need any more crew than we already have, but thank you. I'll just go get the goats. I need to set everything up, you know, living space-wise. Don't worry. Right. Just let me know when you're ready. Virgil hurries. <laughs> <laughs> so there are two cars? There are two cars. One is the you guys car. Yeah, one, mm-hmm. one is the cruise car. And this is like the... Yeah. And then caboose. And then the caboose, where you can put the goats. You can also stay in the caboose if you want. Kim goes and claims a little spot. Yeah. yeah how much space well, is in the aisle? Probably about as much as your outstretched arms. That's kind of wide. So that, I don't know. Fantasy train. It's bigger on the inside. I don't you know. Take if your you guys think about fear bulks. Also, if, I don't know, you get in a fight on the train, the combat wouldn't be great if it was too narrow. <laughs> <laughs> that was yeah. a threat, guys. <laughs> Henry, it's perhaps not the luxury experience you, it's still not the luxury experience that you want from your train ride. But for now, it's pretty empty of a good amount of space, 16 bunks in all. Let Maggie know that you're ready to go. I assume Virgil is sent to Maggie. Yeah, he'll, yeah, I don't think he'll wait to be asked. I think he'll just walk in, sense the energy and just continue on to the locomotive. Within five minutes, you're all heading out of somewhere. It's been a long time since you've seen these glowing tunnels that the train drives through to uh, leave the station. All of the billboards face away from you, so you just see you know, the wooden backings. They haven't bothered to advertise to those who are who are leaving. Over this week that you spent traveling, is there anything that you all plan to do? Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so just to sort of give you an idea of what this is like, you are all pretty much left to your own devices in the back of the train. The two who said they were sort of general maintenance people, um, Orion and Delphinia, bring you meals three times a day, ask you if you need anything. Besides that, unless you go to the front and talk to them, there seems to be a a bit of a division between you and the crew. You can look out and see the landscape change from desert to wooded hills, the river again. It's a peaceful journey. That's pretty much how it goes. You're up. Your entertainment has to come from yourselves. Ox will spend five of those days tinkering with the gun that he's been building. Oh. Kano's message is to send. (laughs) (laughs) Good. As one does when one travels. Mm -hmm. He'll open the device to Lachlan. I have the banjo. It's safe with me. Hope to return it to you soon. I'd love to hear your voice. Roll a persuasion. Not 20, baby. (laughs) That's a 31, actually. (laughs) Thank you. Don't message me anymore. He's gonna message him. (laughs) (laughs) We don't have to do this today. Okay, well, Virgil, what are you planning to do? Night one, he will go sequester himself in the goat car and sit cross-legged, like with his back up against Orna, and 
gently, so gently take out the earring and hold it in the palm of his hand and hold the pearl in the other. And cast Identify. Roll Constitution save. Six. Six. Okay, so what does it look like when you cast the spell? I think he sits for a while and ruminates on what he knows about the earring. He hears Nico's voice in his head telling him what she knows. The pearl will start to glow with the soft blue light. You can immediately understand why Ophelia reacted the way that she did when she tried to identify this stone. It hurts, not physically, but the emotion that you feel is almost too much to be described as as sadness. You don't notice yet, but there are tears running down your face as you as you hold this earring. And though it seems like the spell is is working, you can see the glow in your hands, you still can't really tell what this object is. It's something not alien, but it's like being shown a color you haven't seen before, incomprehensible. And you feel that same um, that same sort of wall that you came across mentally when you tried to send to Rowan. I think this time, like he is with Orna, like in his physical body, he'll just sort of gently rest against it and sit there in that mindscape. I'm sorry I pushed last time. You'd think I would know better. However long you need, I will wait. And that's his night. He'll just, when the spell ends, just keep sitting there. After a while, you hear the door open. Behind the creaking door, you see Ox with a cigar in his mouth, lighter in hand. He's on his way out to the back of the caboose, and he gives you a glance. How do you look? I don't think he's wiped his eyes. I think he's sitting there in the darkness, perhaps not even aware that he's crying with the soft glow that his eyes give off. There are tears. Ox pauses, takes the cigar out of his mouth and holds it. Virgil, you okay? I've been working on that for years now. Probably not. Oxalis, you have been quiet yourself after the Rusalka. Are you all right? I don't know. I... I guess it was more shocking than I was expecting it to be. What part of it? The way the Rusalka leaned into death like that. The look in its eyes was... It... It craved sleep and release. Sort of haunting. And what part about that was shocking to you? Felt familiar. Have you felt this way? Ox will approach you and sit down next to you. Yeah, he scoots to give you a little wheel room. A little bit of goat to lean on. Yeah, not, not just myself, but sort of seen it in my sister's eyes before too. 
Can I ask what side Ox sat on? Ox sat on the left side. Virgil doesn't look at you while you're talking, but he is paying attention. When was the last time you saw her? Right before I was thrown in jail. I mean, sort of. Sort of? She, uh, she trapped me in a mirror. That was the last time I saw her. I broke one of Henry's mirrors at his house when he first had me over and we were getting acquainted. He had this huge uh, three-paneled mirror. And it was sort of at the end of his hallway. And I took one look and started having a panic attack. Punched it and shattered it. He wasn't too happy about it, but he got over it. But you have not. He shakes his head no. Oxalis, I owe you an apology. As I'm sure you know, this is not the first time I've been to somewhere. I was here once. Four years ago now, I believe. We saw a distress signal outside of town. The shepherds, that is, we came in to see what the situation was. We never heard the cause of it. But we spoke to the sheriff on the matter and there was someone else with her. She looked an awful lot like you, Ox. I spent some time with you and it... I realized you were familiar. She spoke of you like you were someone dangerous. And as I'm sure you know, your sister was certain, at least, charismatic. You seemed to pose a real threat. We are not sanctioned to take part in local matters like that. It is not our jurisdiction. But we did have the resources to lend a hand. So I must apologize for giving you this fear. Because your sister would not have had that mirror without us. Hawks gets up. He's quiet for a moment. He rolls the cigar in his hand around a little bit. I need to go have a smoke. Virgil just nods. And Ox will go out onto the back balcony and a little smoke he does before he closes the door, light his cigar inside. <laughs> <laughs> See the flicker of a lighter and then back in the dark? With the smell of smoke? Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> it's really good. It's really tasty. I'm sorry, who's making the atmosphere awkward? <laughs> yep. Oh, sorry. sorry. What kind of cigar are you smoking? It's uh, one of those that he had left over from the fancy box of nice. cigars. So it's a light bodied. You feel someone tap you on the shoulder. <gasps> Ox took a few long draws of his cigar. He's still shaking a little bit, but when he feels the tap, he turns around. You turn around and look up slightly to the roof of the caboose, and you see Lo there, hand out, waiting for a cigar to be placed in his open palm. Ox will take another puff and pass it along. He 
leans back, vanishes for a moment, and then reappears again. Scar is just hanging out of one corner of his mouth, and he reaches out for you to hold on. Ox will climb up. Therapy cat. <laughs> Your ESA looks at you. Ox is quiet for a moment. I was hoping I'd see you again. You caught any stars yet? No. Ox hugs his knees as he sits. There was a, a fae I met who was looking for stars. You find any? Ox shakes his head no. He reaches out for the cigar again. That was pretty quiet as well. There does seem to be a slightly more attentive quality about them, though. They keep glancing around sort of furtively. Hands are a little more jittery than before. To look up at the sky and then around the landscape. And then they stand up and walk over to the back of the caboose and vanish as they hop down onto the, the little balcony. And Virgil, you hear a knock at the door. This time he will wipe his eyes and get up to go open it. Yeah, you open the door and, yeah. and Lo is standing there. He looks at you and his eyes narrow. What are you doing? Well, I was sitting. His head turns to one side. He doesn't look, to be clear, accusatory when he says it. Are you wearing your earring? Yes. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Lo, you see their gaze lingers on your face and then to the earring. It cocks to the other side and then they reach into the pouch at their side and pull out a small stone and hold it up just at eye level and you close one eye, squint with the other. Then they pocket it again. Was that one of the river rocks? That it they looked had? like a river rock, yeah. Okay. They look a little, a little sad. Smile. Found one. What do you mean? A star? I don't know that anyone can say what it is. But you can call it that if you want. You know. Is Oxalis all right? A shrug. What are you looking for something or? No, I heard it. Heard what? The star? Yes, the star. What did it say? I don't know. Can I roll an insight check? Fifteen. Mm-hmm. They seem a little chagrined to admit they can't quite tell what it's what it is they heard. Can hear him sometimes, but usually points up from that direction. What is it they say? I can't quite make out. Is it the same voice? No. There's lots of them. Countless? I haven't counted them all. How did you learn to hear them? Is it something you've always had? I think so. When you hear them, is it... Is it that they are too far away? Too quiet? Or do you not understand what they say? He starts to look a bit overwhelmed by the questioning. Backs up a step. Uh, don't know. I 
I apologize. It is, it is important to me. I'm sorry. If you hear it again, and it, you understand it, would you tell me? Of course. Thank you. Nods. What are you gonna do with it? Look after it. Nods again. And closes the door. Gently, with a click. And Ox, you see low, clamber back up onto the roof. Sit down next to you. Holds out his hand for a cigar again. Ox passes it over. He stays out there for a long time. <laughs> Very long time. Like, much past when the cigar goes out. Yeah. He, he waits until he thinks Virgil might be gone. Yeah, Virgil knows that Ox has to go back through this car, so he will leave first and go back to the others. So I imagine there's a bit of tension between you two during the rest of this journey. Yeah, Virgil will give Ox his space. Yeah, Ox is um, pointedly avoiding Virgil a little bit. Yeah. Should I roll a perception or an insight? Neil, yeah. <laughs> no, Henry, go low. Please. Virgil, your timing with this little confession I, is just the absolute you st- worst. You started talking yeah. about it. I couldn't I couldn't yeah. keep it secret. Yeah. It, it's been it's been on the side for a while. You said, let me wait until we're all gonna be stuck on it in the same train car for a week, yeah. and then also have to like be a team together to fight yeah. off the encroaching oceans. You know that eight charisma Virgil has? Yeah, I do. <laughs> with a with a nine, does yes. Kian catch any anything? Any yeah, like is it Probably just Probably not. Yeah, so they're just sad, but not You seem like quiet. Like I said, there is a big sort of dangerous probably battle ahead of you. Just have that weighing heavy on their minds. It's not so surprising. Kian will try and this will slowly peter out, but like attempts for like group conversation. <laughs> like he's and definitely clued in on the vibe that no, but nobody's happy. <laughs> he thinks he knows what it's about and he's not mentioning anything that happened in the Feywilds, trying to keep conversation light, talk about the food. <laughs> Which is pretty good by the way. Yeah. But like not amazing. Yeah. <laughs> what did you roll? Eight. Oh, <laughs> I was hoping. You didn't let me get much on reveal. I said 18. 18? I added a dramatic pause, but I guess it was. You can't do that. Yes, I can. Here, okay, 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 everyone. Shh, clean tape. All right, hey, Neil, what did, sorry. Henry, what did you get? 18. Oh, okay. You got us. We're so surprised. I'm so sorry, Neil. Um, 18. I think with 18, you can catch a vibe that there is a a new coolness between the two of them that wasn't there before. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, interesting choice of words you use. The air is actually cold around Virgil. You can tell that he's been in a mood the last couple of days. If anyone sits close to him, he's bundled in his cloak and... Can I ask for a group insight check? Is it a perception? Is it a perception, what? actually. Is it, if it's about what I think it's about, then I'm just gonna tell the group. I don't know what it's about. You wanna text me? I'll just say it, and then if sure. you have something else. Yeah, say it. Not constantly, but occasionally, 
if you pay attention to Virgil, you can see the cloud of breath like you're standing in a winter landscape. Mm-hmm. He exhales, but it is not nearly cold enough in this train car for you to see the same with yourselves or with each other. You're so sexy. <laughs> <laughs> I got you, babe. I think also with an 18, you get that it's directional. Like Ox is the one not looking at Virgil. Ox has been pretty avoidant. He's spent a fair amount of time like in the caboose with Orna and Clementine and he goes in there and hangs out with them and brushes them. Uh, He also spends a fair amount of time either on top of the train or out on the balcony. And uh, when he is inside, he's been tinkering with the gun he's building. Uh, If Ox is the one who's been spending all of the time in the goat (laughs) Henry will roll up directly to Virgil's compartment. Then Henry will lean against the divider for this area. So, if I may ask, um, or perhaps offer an exchange to you, how about you tell me what happened between yourself and Ox, and I'll tell you what happened between myself and Maggie. Because, forgive me, I understand it's literally cold right now, but the atmosphere between the two of you is frigid. I am sorry. Um, he'll, like, sit up straighter. And you notice he's tense, almost in a controlled way, that he's sitting, like, with perfect posture. Are you volunteering to go first, then? Well, arguably, I'd say this one is affecting the group more. But yes, considering I'm the one who initiated the conversation, I suppose it is only appropriate for myself to go first. Would you like to sit? Sure. Henry will... standing in the doorway like a whore. (laughs) Like, makes sense with all the patterns so far that we've chosen. Ian's compartment is like across from Virgil's. Is he access? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Sorry. So I, I imagine you can actually like look right in and see them. I think I'll just kind of look on over. Is there something going on? Kian, that's what I'm working on finding out right now. Would you like to join us? Clydel's on over. Well, I think if you're going to join in on this conversation, perhaps you should bring something to barter. No, you you really you don't have to. I mean, everyone's going to find out everything altogether. I just thought, you know, it might be a little, uh, fun. I'm really sure if I have anything bring. You you don't have to have anything. You can, you can just sit if you would like. As you were saying, Henry. Yes, well, anyways, I, it seems um, what we've uh, got, or what I've got with Maggie is, um, you see, I went to speak with her uh, regarding the assistance for the train, and she seemed enthusiastic about everything, though also I think maybe surprised um, for one reason or another. She was aware of the situation in Enosh. Uh, It did not take a lot of convincing. Um, However, I may or may not have said things uh, in which I have put my foot in my mouth um, to, you know, I just, she started asking me about why I wanted to help in the first place, and it felt very accusatory. Uh, so I said that if she didn't want to help a bunch of people who were having a horrible time in Enoch, then that's her desire, you know. And it 
went over far worse than I anticipated it to go. I mean, I didn't go anticipate it to go well, but I'm you know. sorry, you thought it wouldn't go bad. No, it's not that I didn't think it would go badly. I just didn't think it would go that badly, you know. I thought it would be more of a, oh, Henry, you exhaust me so much. It's a bit more than that. You insulted her character. And not on the literal level. I mean, it's not like she hasn't come to help. I mean, she's driving the train right now, you know? So it's basically not even an actual remark on who she is as a person. I just wanted to make sure she would help us, you know? It was persuasion technique. I'm surprised that we got the train after all that. What are your motivations? We all agreed to get on board the train and go to Inosh. Yes, I'm asking about yours, though. But why are you motivated to be here in Enosh? I mean, we're going to Dawning. Aren't you going to get arrested when we get in Dawning? Don't you not want that? I can see there are some toes I'm stepping on here. I just don't understand why everyone wants to know. You know? What? Would you like me to say something like, oh, I don't know, I'm a good love, and so therefore I want to have everyone be indebted to me from Enosh, so then I can enslave them and take their money for all of eternity. Henry, I don't think poorly of you, despite everything you just said. I don't need to know your motivations because I know you're doing this because you want to do something good. But if you are afraid to say that to us or to Maggie, that's your business. But she is upset because you insulted her. And because you could not simply tell her that, I don't know, God forbid you're a good person. Well, I just don't think anyone would believe that. You'll forgive me? You kind of make it hard when you push... You push a sort of persona on people as soon as they start to think maybe you might be good. Hasn't really worked on us, but it works on a lot of people. Well, I've always been very persuasive. But I'll think about it. How does that sound? Um, <clears throat> and, uh... Right, so at risk of making the same mistake, uh, your business with orcs, Virgil. Well, you are aware of a certain fear of his with the mirrors. I noticed you covered them in your home for him. That was very kind. Yes, definitely better for both himself and the mirrors. It's only that before I knew Ox, well, the shepherds were inadvertently involved with Scarlet. Only briefly, mind you, but enough to do the damage you see in him. Are you saying you also had an encounter with Scarlet? It was very short. Long enough for her to tell us about an issue she was having with an armed and dangerous criminal in somewhere. And we did not get involved directly, but we had several resources at our hands at that time. We offered her something that would have been useful in ending this peacefully. Oh. 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 Ah. So you can see why he is upset. Can someone fill me in here a little bit more? Yes, um... There were times when we as shepherds would face certain dangerous enemies. There were items at our disposal to help us end these conflicts quickly, without risk of further violence or damage to civilians. Among these things was a mirror. It was capable of entrapping a person for, well, the intention was temporary housing until they could be moved to someplace safe. I do not know if it was used in that matter. We did not linger long. We left town. Nevertheless, 
we provided Scar with this mirror. And we did not know the full situation, but that is not an excuse. From what I understand, she can be very persuasive. Um, I can't say my in encounter with her was quite the same. Um, but you weren't necessarily acting out of malice. It's You thought that she was being chased by an actual dangerous criminal. It really is on more on her for, first of all, tricking both yourself and the Dawn Shepherds, and for using the mirror the way she did. That is very nice of you to say, and I thank you for it. But your forgiveness is not what I'm looking for here. Right. Kian kind of fiddles with the mirror that's been on his belt the whole time. Just slides it into the bag of holding. Well, knowing your honesty, I think it was probably only inevitable that it was said at some point. That being said, uh, could I perhaps offer my indirect services in making up with Ox? Don't give me that doubting sort of look with your eyebrows there, Virgil. It's genuine this time. Here, Henry will go into no. <laughs> his coat and produce what looks like part of a gun. Uh, it's the cylinder, the piece where you load the bullets into. You see, when Ox and I first met, there's this piece to this gun that he's trying to collect all of the parts to, to construct, etc, etc. Anyways, Scar gave this to me, and perhaps you could use it as a token to make up with Ox. I really don't know at this point why I've been keeping it for so long. It's practically just become habit. Anyways, Insight she pushes check. it. <laughs> oh, um, five. All right, and you get to decide what Virgil gets from that based on what you rolled. No, this actually doesn't seem to be Henry's same sort of flourishing that he does when he's trying to bullshit something to seem mm -hmm. cooler than it actually is or better than it actually is. He's, for Henry, very plain with his movements and does end up shoving the cylinder towards Virgil. So I'm just saying it might be a conversational piece that you could use to get started and you could say you took it from me or bartered it off of me. I have it. You won't phrase things. I'll play along, I promise. Either way, it should be given back to him at this point and... Yes, but you should be the one to do that. I'm not going to bribe him. No, I definitely should not be the one to do it. Why not? Because he's been trying to get it off of me for months now. So why not just give it to him? It would be too easy. <laughs> Virgil takes the hand holding the piece and just tucks your fingers around it and just sort of gives your knuckles a pat and his fingers are freezing cold and he lets go. However thoughtful your intentions here are, I'm going to leave this one to you. And this is my mess to clean up, so However long it takes, I will clean it. You really like to do things the hard way, don't you? The right way. It can be both. Henry will tuck the cylinder back into wherever it is. <laughs> <laughs> wherever it hides. I don't mean it like that. <laughs> wherever he keeps his piece, I don't <laughs> Henry will return the cylinder back to his vest. But yes, we'll take the hard route. Uh, anyhow, if you do like to make the atmosphere more lovely, 
um, you know, just to set the mood of friendship and forgiveness, Ox is very partial to eggs. Yet another form of bribery, but I have noticed, yes. It's not bribery, it's setting the mood for apologizing. Can we not have apologies over delicious hard-boiled eggs? Or, you know, soft-boiled. Crack one open between friends. There's just a look of pain on Virgil's face. <laughs> I don't think that is the sort of conversation to have in that manner, Henry. But, you know, why don't you try that with Maggie? Maggie doesn't like eggs. The I'm same certain way. you've known her long enough to know something she likes. Her tastes have changed. Clearly. Then perhaps you use that nostalgia. I don't know if that's the kind of nostalgia I want to evoke. Do you see how similar our situations are now, good love? Speechless. No, I'm just maybe taking a little bit of what Kean was thinking in mind and that it might be rude to insinuate that mine is much worse. But see, now you've made me go on and say it. And it's really just as bad. You know, we're both going to have to take the hard way with Ox. And I suppose that's all there is to it, really. For what it's worth, I do apologize for how this is affecting everyone. Take the time you need, you know. Stop trying to push small talk for meals. It's all right. If I may say so, I think he does enjoy the distraction. I think Candace sighs, kind of looks to Virgil. Well, we can leave you alone right now for a bit. I'll go check on Ox. Please, please do. He gets up and leaves. Virgil speaking. I'd like to say a few words, if you'll permit me your time. Thank you for listening to Spare the Crying. Your support means a lot to us. If you'd like to find me or my companions, you can reach us on social media at linktree slash spare the crying. We'd love to hear from you. Please feel welcome to leave a rating and review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or YouTube streams. We also have a Discord server, where you can discuss the story so far with us, or speak with like-minded souls about your own TTRPG experiences. In regards to our soundtrack, our background music is by Marika Shans and our intro is by Ben McElroy. Our official art is by yours truly. You can find me at Crowqueen on Twitter. That said, allow me to bid you farewell for now. Please join us next time as we shepherd in a new dawn. said he would check on Ox, but we don't, he doesn't have anything specific to say. I think he just goes and coexists for a little while. Um, after that, he'll find a little space off to the side. And is this day or night? End of the evening. Yeah, he'll open the device, sigh for a second and activate it. You're gonna have to convince me you truly don't want me to reach out, then I'll stop. But I don't believe you quite yet.
You don't hear anything back. After he sends the message, he will go back to his compartment and I think he'll just spend like an hour or so flying through Marigold Vision. Has she gotten out of the desert yet? Yes. Actually, I'm going to have you roll for, for Marigold. I think perception, maybe. I feel like investigation is too close up. Okay. <laughs> Don't just search pigeon staff. That's a five. It does look like Marigold is in a much more heavily wooded area now and still flying tirelessly as a fey creature. She doesn't really have to rest, but she does not communicate any success to you. Yeah, he'll have her fly a little bit higher up, kind of just see the horizon. If you can kind of get an idea of where, which direction things are. Yeah, you have the, the mountains as reference to help you figure out where she is. Again, the, the climate of the area looks correct. So she's probably around where he was when Beatrice found him. Though I guess if we're doing for the whole train ride, I can have you roll one more time. Oh, I have a Marigold specific dice. Not 20, baby. Are you serious? Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, I just, I just am amazed. <laughs> you picked the right dice, babe. Yeah. Sometimes getting up and grabbing a dice. Ian, you do not see Lachlan through, through Marigold's eyes, but Marigold does come across what looks like a campsite. Just it's like a little circle in the ground where the, the brush has been cleared out and there's some charred sticks, like there was a fire there. Uh, it doesn't look like there've been a ton of people here. She can only see one set of footprints. And if she investigates a little further, she finds a little pouch sitting on the ground that you recognize. It is Lachlan's, or it was Lachlan's. And it usually carries small spell components. Pick at it. If you're trying to open it. Yeah. Yeah. It takes some some work, <laughs> but he'll like pick it up from the bottom and like shake it upside yeah. down. And you do see, it looks like there's just some spell components in there. Uh, all of the gold that may have been in there has been taken out, but usually he keeps his, his money in a separate pouch anyways. There's a copper wire. You can understand why perhaps Lachlan has not been sending anything to you or Ophelia. She's wearing a little harness. Mm -hmm. I know that this probably won't necessarily stick, but he's gonna have her do it anyways. Just like pick up the copper wire and like try to tuck it in and keep going. Noticing that this was somewhat recent seeming, like he will have her go with like less speed. And the train chugs along. So, on day six, <laughs> Virgil will, will make his way over there and slowly he'll knock on the door and then open it. I'm sorry to bother you. You can send me away if you wish and I will go. But I wanted to offer a proper apology. If you are ready to hear it. You find Ox sitting with Orna. He's got his little black notebook in hand. I suppose it's about time we can both put this behind us. I would like that. He nods and gestures. Virgil will go and sit, but he sits facing Ox. Well, first of all, I am sorry I did not tell you sooner. I, I did not know from the moment you walked into that in an Enosh 
but I have known for some time now. So I am sorry I did not tell you before this. I know the timing was poor, but I thought that you should know. It was not right to go on like this without telling you. He sort of scratches at the back of his neck. Virgil, do you still think I'm dangerous? I don't. Only so much that we, each of us, is. I don't think you're a killer, and I'm sorry it took me so long to see that. I appreciate it. And that is no fault of your own. You have done nothing wrong. I've done plenty wrong in my lifetime. Yes, but nothing that I have seen that that should lead me to believe you are that type of person. Did you ever talk to Nico about me? Yes, we would have reported back to her what, what happened in somewhere that day. And I have not spoken to her of you other than that we are traveling companions. Why do you ask? He shifts in his spot a little bit. Back at Henry's house, one night when she visited and I was downstairs working, she, uh, she threatened me at knife point. Said she knew what I had done, yet I was a dangerous person. Nico did this to you? He looks you in the eye. Yeah. I knew nothing about that. If I had, I would have spoken to her. You are not that sort of person, and I... I don't know why she did that. Fox shakes his head. I'm sure she was just trying to look out for you the best way she knows how. That, that is all she has ever done, but it should not have been at your expense. You did not deserve that. Based on what she's heard about me, I don't blame her. Then she and I made the same mistake. You are not what your sister said you are. Ox gives a little half smile. Thanks, I, I appreciate that. Ox sort of twists the notebook he has in his hands around. It's been a while since I've been able to write some thoughts down. Watch you write in your notebook so much. It, I almost forgot. I uh, had a little notebook I was working on while I was back in paradise. I wrote something about River Salka that I let you read. Alright. If you were comfortable with that. Yeah. And he'll hand his little notebook to you. Oh, the control I will exhibit in not turning pages. Hmm. Fascinating. <laughs> God, if I can fucking read this. You're really testing I'm my brain here. I'm so sorry. Oh my god. Um, it's written backwards. I also... Dear audience. <laughs> you see a little paragraph of words, and at the bottom of the page you see dark water in waves, and it reads, Strange lands, stranger hands, reaching from the water, grasping, for something familiar, gripping someone unknown, looking for guidance home. But things have changed, so sulk in your pool, sink into the water, 
sleep soundlessly, and feel the tides shift. I think you see him read it the first time, and then he pauses and he reads it a second time. Very respectfully, he closes the book and hands it back. Do you do this sort of writing often? You said it has been some time, but it does not show. Used to do it a lot when I was traveling on trains. It is a lovely eulogy. Thanks. I think they would have liked it. Thank you for sharing. Thanks for coming to apologize. It was the least you were owed. I... I forgive you. His shoulders, which have been held so tense, there's... They drop a little. Thank you. And... I promise... Not to misjudge you in such a way. Not again. He gets up awkwardly and sort of dusts off any straw that's clinging to him. That thing you were looking for from Henry, he keeps it in his left vest pocket. Yeah, usually when I go for it, he's got his alarm spell set. Delilah's not too keen on me grabbing for it, but she usually just turns it into a game. Have you tried while he is awake? Yeah. Would you like me to hold him? <laughs> I think you, you see the brain cell turning gears in Ox's brain. Not a... not yet. As you say, thank you for keeping Orna company. And he turns and leaves. I think Kane's been... He's determined to contact Lachlan. The morning after he finds the campsite, he will just send... Marigold is fine, southeast. She has your glasses. If you can meet in any maybe they'll help. You hear his voice? Don't need him. Let her go home. With that interesting train ride under your belt, you start to recognize the landscape of Enosh on the seventh day of your trip. It is slightly off from a river that you've been following. So forested area at this time of year. The flowers have just started to bloom. The trees have started to leaf out much more than the, I think at this point, month, during the month that you were gone. The season has completely taken over. And there is still a, a quaint beauty about the land. You see passing by you the wall, and it looks as though it's been around for thousands of years. Falling apart, the stones are scattered around 20 feet away from the original location. They're covered in moss, some of them are cracked. They also look almost like they've been charred, blackened. At first, that's the only difference you notice from the window of the train. There's a different quality that begins to dawn on you as you continue to watch the land pass by. Something in the color, maybe something in the air. It's a enigmatic difference, but an undeniable one. The train slows as you begin to approach the town. And as the forest turns to homesteads, you see that the same affliction that affected the wall has affected people's homes as well. You see them all as ruins, like they've been abandoned for centuries. The train slows almost to a crawl and stops 
as you pull into the small single platform station, you <laughs> recognize a young green tiefling man. Who's standing there. <laughs> <laughs> standing there, uh, waiting for you. He seems a little scrawnier than before, with a, a large, what looks to be poorly made sword at his side, and a, a permanently dazed expression on his face as he walks up past your window, further up the platform to, to open the door to the locomotive. You wait a little bit unless you guys try to exit. Um, I think okay. Virgil would leave the car. Then as Virgil, you, you lead the way and step out of the car, and the rest of you follow. You see Tom the Tiefling, <laughs> I guess his full name. Um, uh, Middle name The. <laughs> yes. Is talking to Maggie. They're just speaking in low tones to each other. He glances over to you, gives a little wave, smiles, exchanges a few more words with Maggie, and then quickly walks over to you. So you're here to help us out? Right? Yes. What do you know about the situation? Well, everyone's been trying to get out. I mean, I don't run the trains, so I haven't really been able to do much, but they've all sort of... Did you see the wall? Yes. I guess it's kind of like, um, like if a dam fell down and the oceans are kind of coming in fast. So we've hunkered down around the train station, mostly. Some people have left in families or in small groups, but most people are too scared to do that. I don't know if where I don't know where you're planning to bring people, but if we could just load as many people onto the train as possible and find an island that is willing to take them, I think that is what they need. Can I do a quick like look out over what we can see of the town from here? You said the wall was scorched. Is there any signs of fire in the city? There's no sign of smoke. You do see in the buildings closest to the train station, there is some smoke rising from chimneys. Um, as, as he explains, there's certain buildings where everyone has gathered to live, you know, like shelters. But beyond that, you don't see anything burning. It looks like some of the buildings were burned long ago. How many people do you think there are still? Uh, probably about 100. Well, it won't be a comfortable train ride, but we can crowd. I don't think we can fit that many people on the train. Maybe we make a second trip. There, uh, there aren't any spare cars around here, are there? Spare train cars? Yeah. No, that's not really... no. They're usually only kept at larger depots. Tom nods. But as long as Maggie and the others are willing, I, I agree that it would be best to fit as many people on per trip as possible. So you're gonna be able to come back? I don't know, we have to talk. Where are you taking them? I don't know, we have to talk about this. Daddy, do I do I know Donning's stance on letting people into the city versus, versus somewheres, like in situations like this? Small groups would typically be allowed. If you're specifically sent on a mission to pick up people or to help them, yes. People are not allowed to just freely enter out of the blue, and you've never experienced this, so it's like this large of a group, but it's not as closed off as many other islands where it's like absolutely not. Kian looks at Tom 
Do any people come into town besides us to help? He looks at you. His eyes dart to the others in your group and back to you and back to them and back to you. And he goes, what? One second. He turns around. You see him reach into his pocket and pull out what looks to be like a little, a little notebook. And he flips through it, puts it back in his pocket and turns around again. So where, so where are you heading? Wherever the winds take me. Go fuck. (laughs) (laughs) No, you, the first one was right. I think. Um, they're staying at Case Bar. We'll go check in there. Uh, If I may, you said your headcount was around 100 people, correct? Yes. Um, I will also check in with my resources and see if they can't be received at Dawning. Thank you. That would be preferable to somewhere because it's free to... Is there a... There's not a toll, is there, to get into the Dawning? If they let you in, it's... There is no toll. Okay. I was gonna have Henry be like, is there a toll? <laughs> Henry has never once thought about paying the toll. <laughs> you have to pay for things? Uh, yeah, that, that would be preferred. I mean, I think there might be some people who have the 20 gold on them, but not many here. 2,000 gold is a lot of gold, so... 20. 20 per person for 100 people. Oh, I understand. Yes. Right. <laughs> Sorry. I haven't... It's been... You know, anyway. I is dis- Maggie here? Or is she... Maggie is on the platform sort of watching this, but is not is not lingering next to you or anything. She's mm. standing up at the locomotive. So we go and speak to your friends then, Kian? I don't have a better idea. I'm also going to go ahead and speak to... It feels inappropriate to call them friends. They're my parents. Um... See how feasible it would be to have a hundred people received at dawning. Thank you. You guys know how to get to cases? Yes, we can find our way. Okay. I think as you walk away, Tom taps on your shoulder, Kia, mm. and leans over to whisper, Are they cool? They should be cool. Okay, cool. It wasn't... We should both work on that. I... This is... I just found out about this about two days ago, so... You know, I haven't had much time to practice. Sorry. It's okay, I understand. Idiots in solidarity. On the walk over to Case Bar, Henry will pull out the stone phone. Hello. Feasibility of receiving 100 refugees to Dawning from Enosh. Their guardian is gone. Interesting first request. A hundred is deep. I think the standard is 30, 25. Will that do? Kiss case. <laughs> hey son, is it cool if we leave 65 to 70 people to die? <laughs> it's the guardian, the guardian says. There's a brief pause and then a second message from their end comes through. If not, we can try to figure something else out, but no promises. That's not terribly reassuring. So, Henry turns the rest of the group, while I assume they're still walking over to cases. Yeah. Good news and bad news. Uh, The good news is at least 25 people are guaranteed a visit, stay 
permanent residence in Donning. However, beyond that is less of a guarantee. I've asked my parents for assistance. I, I know it's not maybe the most favorable, but Ophelia made me realize that uh, perhaps my family's image could use improvement. Hopefully I should be able to get us some assistance with getting people to Dawning. It's better than nothing. Do they have a positive relationship? Probably. But you do not know for certain. Daddy, would I know for certain? If who has a positive relationship? Henry's daddies with the commanders in chief. Yes, a, a very positive relationship. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> um, no, I mean, they often have to work together and typically wouldn't have to pay to ride the train. As far as you know, the relationship, at least on the business side, is a positive one. Well, I definitely do recall going over to their estate on more than one occasion for dinner parties, etc. Uh, so it is at the very least a moving in a positive direction. That will help, I think. It is a start. It's going to be difficult to decide how we decide who gets to go on the first train. Well, uh, probably sick and elderly and children. The most vulnerable we have here, certainly. Doesn't always work like that, though. No, it doesn't. Kim, like, slows down. And then he'll stop suddenly and turn to the group. I should have mentioned this before, but actually, don't mention anything about the biting. All right. Forgive me, but I didn't really think it would come up. <laughs> it's not the best conversation starter. Hello, this is Kian. Be careful, he bites. <laughs> Kian like, flushes for a second. You've been a little free about it with Ophelia, and that's okay. You just... I can't know. You used the word can't. Are you insinuating that your friends are specifically hunters of the undead? No, I... They don't know about Lachlan either, and they learn about it. They should learn about it from him, Raphelia. That is understandable. Other than that, though, will you be welcome? I don't know. He kind of looks to Henry. You're probably not going to be, but I'm sure you got that idea from Ophelia. Do you want me to wait outside? No, we're going in this together. You did bring the train here. Well, Maggie brought the train here. Delilah has been cooped up on the train the whole time. We should go for a little walk. Don't worry. You can fill me in afterwards. Trust me, I don't think we need another uh, conversation. I remember how Lachlan was uh, when I first showed up and he didn't want to say anything with me in the room. I granted the guard was probably part of that, but I digress either way. I'd rather we make progress than I be uh, directly involved in all of this. You want to go for a walk in a city overrun by the oceans? Virgil, I go into the oceans for a living. I'll be quite all right. And Delilah will be here, of course. So long as Delilah is there. By this time, you have arrived. The windows have heavy curtains in them now. Mostly shut, but there's small cracks between them to let in some light. And you can see a lot of activity from behind the window. You can tell it's, it is more than a full house in Case Bar. I think he walks up to the door, pauses, hand up, as if to knock. 
the door opens. Uh, you see, it's like a human years, I would say, 20s, 30s, elf man, arms crossed, tapping his fingers. He has long, straight, light brown hair and brown glasses. He stands taller than all of you and kind of looks down at each of you. I hate that. <laughs> he can't help it. Virgil hates um, that. Everything about him is sort of willowy. He has an ang angular face, long draping clothes, neutral tones, ink stains on his fingers. But besides that, he has a, a very, an impressively clean appearance for someone who is holding their own in the middle of this natural disaster, if you could call it that. Gaze lands on you, Kian. Kian lowers the hand that was about to knock on the door. Just leans in the door frame. We're here to help. He glances behind him and then back at you. Leah sent us. Have you seriously forgotten? How do I know it's you? So where are you going? He nods slowly. Wherever the winds take me, come inside. Steps aside, just as you all to come in. Oh, he a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and as as you walk in, he you can see he he looks at the two of you and then his brow sort of froze, confused. Isn't there supposed to be one more of you? Where is he? Just thought he wasn't welcome. Where is he? Wandering around between here and the train station. Would you like to invite him in? We're perfectly aware how many of you are supposed to be here, and assuming this is Henry Goodlove, we have been forewarned of his inevitable approach. Henry didn't go very far. He's been walking around like two small city blocks. Kian sheepishly like looks at the ground. Nice seeing you again. Oh, go grab him. It's a pleasure. Walks out the door. He looks at the two of you as Kian leaves. Well, I believe introductions are in order. Let's... He starts to lead you like through the, the room. It It is no longer a bar. It is now... A, a shelter. There are like, blankets, some pillows strewn about. You see just little items of, of daily life, plates and bowls and like some books, just some random random assortments of items. You see some people have brought in their, you know, antiques or uh, things that might be of value and those are being guarded rather closely and everyone is watching you as you are led through the room into the back behind the bar. So you sort of have to pick your way through the crowd but Lizzie does so with confidence and into what looks to be like a little uh, storeroom. A few beds set up in there as well. Sorry, um, my, my name's Lizandrell. You can, he thinks for a moment and you just see him like shake his head. What are your names? Virgil. Ox Alice, but you can call me Ox. Good to meet both of you and thank you, I should say, for helping us out with this. Sounds like it wasn't easy to get here or to convince them to bring the trains here, but I think it will make rather a large difference. So it is good work that you're doing. Are you Kian's new traveling companions? Can I vibe check the way he says that? Twelve. Ox, you can't pick up much. There is sort of a disdain but also there seems to be a bit of disdain in his voice all the time. Mm -hmm. Virgil, 
He does seem to say the name Kian with a bit of venom behind it. It doesn't seem to have any direction towards you. Okay. Or your relationship with Kian. He doesn't turn his, like, anger towards you when he says it. We have been traveling with Kian for some time now, yes. And how is that going? What part are you inquiring about? What part of your travels? I don't know what has happened, so I cannot specify. Well, we have made our way up from somewhere, and we are looking to help here. Have you managed to get any civilians out before us? <sighs> he sits down on one of the, the beds that's been set up. Mostly we've been trying to keep people safe and within a small area that we can defend. We're trying to figure out the best way to get people out safely, but it's not... There's not much around here as far as other islands or ley lines besides the train tracks. Some people have left on their own, which we have discouraged strongly. They'll do what they want. Don't have any authority here and maybe they've been safe, but we cannot say. Virgil just nods knowingly. We have a small vehicle that we can use but it only works for very few people and that is more we're accustomed to dealing with. This is new territory for us. What sort of vehicle is it? Vehicle is a generous word. It's more of a wagon. Not ideal for this, then. No. And we've lost some of our protection. But if Kian is going to come with us, then, well, we have some of it back. It will really just sort of, well, it's a disaster, to put it shortly. Do you have any idea if the rumors are true about the Guardian? Well, wherever the Guardian is, it's not here. There's not on the door. Yes. We're here. Okay. Oh, don't so, so disinterested. I understand you wanted an audience with me specifically. <laughs> this is Henry. He's insufferable. Oh, he opened the door. I can't. Henry opened the door. Okay. Lysandriel okay. stands up as as you enter. So you're Henry Goodlove then. Henry Tempest Goodlove, yes. Pardon me, Henry Tempest Goodlove. He holds out a hand. Henry takes it with a very well-practiced shake. You about to lose a ring? <laughs> He's not wearing them. You're watching? Lysandriel is definitely sizing Henry up. Are you, do you want to make an inside check? Sure. Bad. Bad. Rolling bad all night. Listen. Ox is curious. Oh, yeah. I also yeah. rolled a five. Oh, what? Terrible. I also Noobs. rolled. Wait. Henry? <laughs> 24. <laughs> okay, wait, 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 wait. What is your roll? Eight. I rolled an eight. That's what a little less roll? than that. Five. Okay. Henry, he takes your hand, shakes it, and and sizes you up and you're sort of prepared for the the dislike, the disgust, the disdain that you have received so far. And his gaze lingers on you a little longer than you would expect in a way that feels a little more flattering than you would expect. There is a well-suppressed, you could say admiration as, as he eyes you. <laughs> Ox, you notice this as well. You don't fucking notice this. <laughs> Ox watches this interaction and is kind of puzzled by it. He thinks Henry's kind of hot. Well, it, yeah, uh, that. <laughs> Ox still watches and is a little puzzled by it. Takes back his hand, crosses his arms again. Pleasure to meet you. 
I would advise against going out on your own here. Yes, I understand, of course. Though, I appreciate the concern. Uh, however, you must understand, I happen to go into the oceans for a living, do a bit of scavenging, bring it back. This is definitely not my first foray. Um, besides, as you can see my companion, he gestures down to Delilah. Here, this is Delilah. Uh, she's very lovely. Uh, however, I don't usually find myself alone in the oceans. Though I'm sure you are very capable, this is a special circumstance. I'm also experienced traversing the oceans, so I speak from place of knowledge. Very understandable, indeed. If I may, are you perhaps suggesting that uh, all of this business is more targeted? I don't know if it's targeted exactly. It's a theory that's been thrown around is that the oceans have been held off from this land and now they are maybe with a purpose taking over what has been inaccessible. It's like time is moving faster in a way. Just trust me when I say it is not ideal for solitary travel. I will definitely take your word for it then. I know you've only just arrived, but we should probably figure out what it is we're going to do here. Sounds like we have the trains for that. The winds can help as well if anyone needs to get out in a more subtle manner. Is everybody safe from the winds? Are they all here? Well, Leah's not, and Lachlan is not, as you are surely aware, but you're here, as is everyone else. Have you talked to Mela? Yes. Is she alright? She's still here? She didn't go off on her own? She has been a help to us. It was actually Mela who alerted us to the issue. Kim breathes a sigh of relief. It's good to hear. So, what is your plan, if you have any? Well, we are waiting to see the official count of how many refugees will be allowed into Donning. There are size restrictions of the train we arrived in. We are not suited to bring in a hundred people at once. That is not surprising. Our main concern with somewhere is that no one has gold here, really. So the trains we can use, but I think we're going to have to relocate a larger amount of people than normal through our typical means. Looks over to you, Kian. And that is mostly where we could use your personal help once the train has left the station with however many people we can fit in it. Of course. And we will have to enter Donning, or at least Phoenix Island, in other ways that are a little less obvious. I think we can be prepared for both. So we wait to hear the count back from the commanders-in-chief, from your father, Henry, and we go from there. Excellent. Let's see if we can find you all a place to settle down for a bit, and I will give you a little, um tour of what's left of Enosh, and we can plan from there, if that sounds good with you. Kian just nods. There are some people who are excited to see you, Kian, so I'll take you there first. Z walks out the door, looks back for the rest of you to follow. And that's where we'll end the session for tonight. <laughs> Lizzie is only excited to see Henry. Henry. Again, beautiful and rude. Exactly. I'm so mad that 
Ian did not catch that. Oh, the falcon was a free.